So what do you think are like the trends or stories that you're going to be keeping a close eye on here in the second half of 2021? Will the pace of residential work continue? You know, it's really hot right now in a lot of parts of the country. So that's helping business along a lot. Be prepared if things do slow down somewhat in the second half. You heard it here first. HVAC contractors don't buy the Lamborghini with your newfound (laughs) cash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Savvy, our educational podcast for field service business owners. I am your host, Nick Worker. Uh, Now, we know that a lot of our followers are working in the HVAC industry, and if you're one of those followers, you're going to want to pay close attention to this episode because today we'll be speaking with Ted Craig, who is the business management editor at the ACHR News, which is an organization that offers the latest in trends, products, and industry insight for HVAC contractors. Ted, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Nick. Well, I very much appreciate you being here. So uh, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and the the news organization that you work for? Sure. Um, So ACHR News, which stands for Air Conditioning, Heating, and Refrigeration News, uh, has been around since... um, can't get the exact date, but I know it's been since the Great Depression. So it's been around for a long time. Uh, we're headquartered outside of Detroit in Troy, Michigan. Uh, we've been in the Detroit area the entire time. Uh, I've been in the Detroit area the entire time of my life, pretty much. Um, That's funny. We grew up here. I, and prior to joining uh, ACHR in 2019, I spent almost 20 years covering um, auto retail and finance. So um, there are some differences, but I see uh, actually more and more a lot of similarities between the two um, businesses. So um, that's my background and that's our background. We're national publication. I, I'm sure you said that already, but I want to note it uh, once again. So it's like some people always ask, where are you? It's all over the country. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so it feels corny to keep talking about this, but it, I mean, listen, it's like a recent breakup, right? We just broke up with COVID-19, you know, we're not seeing other people yet, but uh, we've seen a lot of unexpected things happen in the world since, since the pandemic. Right. Right. So were there any news developments in the HVAC field over the past year that, that really surprised you? Well, I think the biggest surprise for everybody um, was after the initial shutdown in March, um, how quickly and how uh, strongly the industry bounced back uh, within, uh, by that summer, business was booming. And uh, part of that was that people were spending uh, more time at home. Part of that was that people were getting uh, stimulus checks from the government. And part of that was that people weren't going on vacation. So suddenly they had money to invest in their homes and all that came together uh, to create a booming business for a lot of HVAC contractors. So much so that, uh, as you know, there were there are supply shortages um, all throughout the industry in just about every category you can think of. So I would say the rapid rebound of the industry was the biggest surprise in the past year. I'm, I'm always surprised by... Uh 
that sort of answer that like it boomed during the pandemic because it felt like we were never going to recover. Right. Um, you know, and, and as I was asking that question, I was thinking because uh, we sent everybody home, obviously, that works here for the pandemic when, you know, the shutdown orders happened. But I stayed, I had my own office and we wore masks and it was just me and, and my like business partner, basically across the way. And we see each other anyway. So we felt that that was safe, but I still remember because we're very close. Uh, we have a good business relationship with the guy who does all the HVAC for this. He, he actually is in this industrial park that we're in, but he did like the filters for us in the HVAC system. And there were a lot of changes and updates that needed to be made for businesses that wanted to like, you know, essential businesses, especially we were deemed an essential business, but that wanted to remain open. HVAC was a major concern for them, but I just, I find it interesting that like, yeah, I didn't get to go on vacation. So I might as well update the, uh, the air conditioning system in my house. If I got to stay home and be uncomfortable in the hot summer and can't go anywhere. Um, so do you think that there were any long-term effects that the, the, the pandemic will have on the HVAC industry moving forward? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I just saw a chart the other day about how spending has pretty much returned to where it was uh, a year and a half ago. So people have stopped going to the grocery store again and are now going out to eat now that they're vaccinated. So I think a lot of the attempts to um, sort of say, well, this has changed permanently or this is going to be different are, are premature to an extent in every area. Uh, post-COVID, but I do think there are two, um, two, two things that are probably going to be driving a lot of uh, the HVAC business going forward, at least to an extent. One is uh, the move that increased concern about uh, IAQ, that people um, now are thinking more about what they're breathing in, and uh, even though, you know, they're not necessarily going to be dealing with another pandemic anytime soon, we would hope. They are thinking about, um, just in general, they've gotten thinking more about hygiene in the air, as it were. And so uh, you hear a lot about uh, increased uh, higher, um, higher rated filters and things like that that people uh, seem concerned about. And that, that probably, at least for some time, will probably continue to be uh, a thought in people's minds. Uh, and the other issue is, as we spoke about working from home, uh, you know, there's all sorts of interesting surveys out there about how many people wish to continue working from home at least part of the time uh, that, um, you know, I saw a, a survey that says something like half of the people uh, would quit their jobs if they had to go back in the office. But I also saw a survey that said half the people uh, go out and sit in their car at least once a day to get get away from their families after working from home. So it's still uncertain how much people will be uh, uh, in their office or not in their office. But either way, if people are working from home, even just a few days a week, let's say three days a week becomes normal, they'll have an effect on both residential and uh, commercial uh, contractors and even new home uh, contractors because um, you'll see that on the uh, residential side, people will continue possibly to want to upgrade their HVAC, uh, maybe put a mini split in the room that they did not have uh, 
that doesn't heat or cool to their uh, interests, I mean, to their, uh, to their comfort level. So the residential side will continue and the new home side, you might see people building homes uh, going forward with dedicated office space or other spaces, gym space, what have you. So you might see an increased need for HVAC, different HVAC. Uh, people might want uh, more cooling in a home gym than they, than they would in the rest of their house. So they might, they might invest in that. On the commercial side, the challenge will be that if you are having people in the office still a few days a week, but not five days a week, how do you uh, provide heating and, and cooling for those folks at a rate that doesn't put a large burden on the, um, on the uh, building's operators? Uh, if, if you have, say, half the staff in an area that you had before, you don't need to uh, cool it to the same level necessarily because they're not um, spelling as much heat, but uh, you're still going to need to cool it to some level. So, uh, you know, BRF and other technology are going to play a role there. I, I was nodding so heavily because uh, obviously I couldn't go to the gym. I, I couldn't do a lot of things, but uh, so now my wife works exclusively from home. She got a new job and she works, she turned, we, we had an office, right? It was just like where we put like a small desk and like our computer that we use for our leisure. But now she's like officially working from home. They sent her a big computer, a monitor or this. I had to get a whole L-shaped desk and all this. Um, but she doesn't really like air conditioning. I like it really cold. So for myself during the pandemic, I, because I couldn't go to the gym, I bought like a weight bench and uh, a bunch of weights. I put it in my basement and I have, when I bought my house, there was central air upstairs, but there's no central air downstairs and it's hot and I'm not trying to sweat. So I, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said. Like, you know, you're not, you're not going to the gym anymore. You might want to upgrade your HVAC system to, to cool the part of your basement where you're getting sweaty while you're working out. I, at least for me, I, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And another factor I, I, I was just thinking of as we were talking too, was that um, as, as you and I are speaking on this, on this video conference, more and more people are doing that all the time. Uh, you're not going to want a loud HVAC system kicking in either uh, in the office or at home. So, uh, noise reduction might be another issue going forward and, and improving duct work. But uh, yeah, that's it's 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 stuff people weren't thinking about two years ago, except possibly some very wealthy, you know, people working in very large luxury homes. And now it's going to be typical. Definitely. And like you're working from home and your loud air conditioner because you're sweating is is kicking on and it's in the same room and you don't have the quiet duct work for uh, totally you know and it's disruptive and it's it to me like you're right it kind of screams unprofessionalism and you don't really want that especially if you know that you're trying to make a vocation of doing something like this which yeah. is cool to think about um so this is kind of kind of cool because i'm i'm curious because i i obviously don't keep up to date on like the technology of actual hvac systems but a lot of us have become a lot more dependent on technology during the pandemic, like we're talking about. Have you seen that be the case for a lot of the HVAC businesses that you cover? Well, you started to see more people doing uh, video, using video for uh, 
pre-visit, um, sometimes even not even going to the person's home. I, 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 there were people who would uh, do a virtual visit and maybe it was, some, it was something that the homeowner could just do themselves, let's say a filter change. Uh, that, you know, that, that became something that uh, they, might, uh, they might do. I think that'll be, that could be something going forward that you'll still see more of is more use of, of video um, in the HVAC business. Uh, you can even use it for things like a pre-visit, have the homeowner go into their basement and show the dispatcher what's down there, even in terms of like the dispatcher going, okay, could you move those boxes out of the way so our technician will have uh, faster access to your equipment? Um, but video is definitely something because really, you know, the thing about HVAC is you still have to physically go there most of the time. Um, so you're limited in what you can do, although there is getting to be more and more remote access on both the commercial and residential side. And that that's a trend that will probably continue. Um, people were already coming out with that before the pandemic, but uh, that becomes an issue of how quickly uh, it catches on with consumers. But uh, definitely a video, a use of video, I think is going to continue and grow uh, going forward. Yeah, I imagine like that was probably really paramount to like staying afloat is like, especially if, if you're having an HVAC problem, but you're also, you know, really scared of COVID. And there were people with some valid concerns about not wanting to contract a, a, a virus, which I totally understand. So having like a virtual visit where it's like, hey, I can show you, you know, do like a FaceTime type thing uh, or like a video conference type thing, I, I imagine was very helpful to a lot of businesses and to a lot of people who, who, needed, who needed help during that time. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're, we're getting through it, but man. Uh, so besides that, what are some of the biggest challenges that HVAC business owners uh, seem to be facing these days when it comes to like the training and management of their staff? Well, the biggest issue continues to be um, just hiring staff, just getting people hired. Um, you know, there's a, uh, just not enough um, people going into uh, technical fields. And you're starting to have a lot of people um, retiring. You know, it's, it's so it's, it, it places a, a demand on the business where they have to replace these experienced technicians. And um, for a long time, it's starting to change, but for a long time, people weren't necessarily going into the trades. Um, so that continues to be the biggest issue is finding and retaining uh, good staff because, of course, once you uh, have them uh, trained and everything else, the risk is always that they'll go somewhere else in, in pursuit of more money. The turnover is extremely high uh, in, the, you know, in the HVAC business. So that is an ongoing struggle, finding and retaining talent. Uh, as far as training goes, of course, during the pandemic, you had issues with not being able to get your staff together uh, for in-person training. Uh, a lot of people turned to technology with that. Uh, virtual reality is becoming a more um, commonly used um, tool in, in training. And, and, and so that, that helps. Uh, I think going forward, an issue is going to be that as these... Um, as the equipment becomes more 
become smarter, you're going to have uh, some issues with, you have people who have good mechanical skills, but they're also going to need possibly more digital skills. Uh, and if uh, dealing with a smart thermostat or uh, some sort of control unit on even a residential, a piece of residential equipment, it's gonna become more, more and more complicated. You saw that in the auto industry. You saw that you know as, as computers become more and more common in uh, cars, it became there was some issues with finding uh, technicians to work on those, and it's starting to become more that way in the HVAC business, I think, and going that's to a, continue. That's such a cool comparison, and uh, you know, I I'm I make a vocation of like helping HVAC companies run their business, and I don't really think about the actual turnover of technicians. But as you were saying that, uh, I was trying to think like, do I know anybody who became an HVAC technician? And I, I know one person who went and became an HVAC technician. He's a great guy. Um, I'm sure he's a great HVAC technician. I haven't spoken to him in a while. Um, but yeah, you don't really see people making a vocation of that anymore. And it's funny. So uh, we have a scholarship that we give out to like vocational schools. We have, we have a few scholarships that we do for ringside, but we have like a uh, I think there's a high school scholarship we do. We do the vocational school scholarship. And then there's like a young entrepreneurs one, which kind of goes alongside of like, you know, field service entrepreneurship, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, anybody that I know that even went into a trade, went into like a union to be like, a, like an iron worker or a steam fitter or a plumber. Like I know a lot of plumbers. I know a lot of contractors. I know a lot of... Uh, guys who do drywall but i don't know many hvac people and it's funny because it's actually a good it's a good paying great job to have but i i am surprised by the the turnover rate why do you think that there's such a high turnover rate well you know i had one i had one uh contract explain to me that there's a lot of people who just don't want to be crawling around in crawl spaces or up in an attic with when it's 100 and some degrees uh it's a it's a fairly physically demanding uh, profession, you know, plumber, uh, sometimes obviously plumbers have to deal with some pretty dirty stuff. So that, that part's not attractive, but you know, you're, you're working in a, a bathroom. This is a normal room with a house. Uh, and whereas if you're an HVAC contract or HVAC technician, like I said, you might be up in the attic, uh, you're crawling around a crawl space, you're down in the basement. Um, it's, it's, you know, be pretty physically demanding work. And so that I think causes some people to maybe stay away from or leave the business a little early. Obviously there are tremendous rewards. I talk to technicians all the time and they really enjoy their work. Um, the one I hear most often, every technician that I speak to who talks about what they like the best about being an HVAC technician is that every day is different. Every job is different. Um, so it, it can, it can be appealing. And if, if it's presented that way, I think it's, um, it's more, you know, it's, it's, it makes it more attractive, but really you're going into an attic in the middle of the summer when the heat is out, that part is less attractive, I think, to people. Um, so you just got to kind of try to present the positives over the negatives if you're trying to, uh, attract people to the business. Definitely understandable. Okay. So that makes it a little it makes it makes a lot more sense to me now, because yeah. um, I like it cold. I I, <laughs> yeah. so I I appreciate my HVAC techs out there who who try to keep me cold when I'm when I'm sweating. 
Um, but I was reading, so I saw that you recently wrote a column about how HVAC contractors will need to focus more on branding in order yeah. to reach more new customers. So can you talk a little bit more about this for our listeners and explain how strong branding can result in a better return on their on their digital marketing? But can you also explain what branding is? Yeah, so branding is basically, you know, getting your name sort of out there in the collective and the collective conscious of consumers. Um, I was thinking about this when you asked about it. There's a, there's one uh, HVAC firm uh, in my local market who they advertise, they do a lot of marketing there. They do a lot of TV marketing. Uh, they do their own commercials. They do a commercial with a trade school that promotes people coming to work for them that promotes them as an employer and it promotes them, keeps their name in mind uh, with consumers. They have very distinctive uh, branding for their, for their trucks. They're, 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 you can recognize them from a distance. And I know because I see them all the time in my subdivision. And the thing is, once you, you see, once, once you start getting out there more and people see you more, People see your brand when they go, when they have a problem, they know uh, where they're going to go, who, who they're going to call. And then it plays into um, digital marketing in part because once people start thinking of that brand, they don't just uh, go to the phone book anymore. They go on Google, they type in the name and it comes up and then they call them. Well, every time they do that, that improves their search results. So, uh, so that people know your name that they know your brand, not just um, that they're thinking of HVAC repair, you know, uh, just a search on, just a um, unspecified search for HVAC repair will do you some good because you might come up, but a specific search for your name helps you both immediately and down the road when people are searching for HVAC repair. So the importance of branding is to get your name out there to get people to think of your name when they're thinking, when they need HVAC work of some kind. And that's, that's where the importance of branding is. Um, and it takes a lot of effort because this, this firm's commercials are not, they're not amateurish. They're very professionally done. And that helps a lot. Um, and they're not cheap. <laughs> and they're not cheap. And, but, you got to spend money to make money, right? It, it, it feeds into it. Uh, so you really have to have an overall strategy, everything from your trucks to your website to, um, you know, any kind of advertising you're going to do on radio or TV to get through to people's, you know, thinking. You know, when you were making the, uh, the point about branding, I was thinking about how, I find this funny, but like branding to me is so important, not just because I'm in marketing, right? But like, there's a trust factor between consumer and like the business. Um, so I know that there are different circumstances for different people, but you know, if you put the money thing aside, right? Say you wanted to buy a car and the car that you want, you could get for, I don't know, 
a thousand dollars, right? So you could get this this car on Craigslist for a thousand dollars from a guy, regular guy. Seems nice. Maybe he's a nice guy. Or you can go to the dealership and get the car for fifteen hundred dollars. If money wasn't an issue for you, you would probably go with the dealership. Why? Because they have a reputation to uphold. They probably have a better reputation. You know what you're getting with this this company because you can go back there and they and they. To me, it's all about trust, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel that when you see an HVAC tech pull up to your house to do work on on where you live, you know something that's important to you, and they have a branded truck, and the tech comes out wearing a uniform, and he's got some official looking papers for you and a real receipt, um, you know, that all leads the customer to place their trust in your business, as opposed to somebody who just pulls up in a, a, you know, a beat up old truck with equipment falling out of the back. And there's no, like, it's like, did I call this guy or is he just here? You know? Um, So, and then, and then you're right. There is the digital marketing aspect to it as well, where, it's not somebody just looking for on Google, like HVAC business. It's somebody looking for, I don't know, cool guys, you know, that just came to me. That was a cool uh, HVAC company that uh, I was talking to recently. Cool guys. I thought that was really funny. Um, so these days, a lot of HVAC businesses uh, might want to expand their services as a way to reach more new customers. So what are some of the things that these companies should consider before they begin adding things on like plumbing or electrical work or pest control types of services to their business? Yeah, I've done articles on, on quite a few of those things. And, uh, you know, you, a couple of things you have to look at is um, some, some trades are more regulated than others. Uh, plumbing is more regulated than HVAC and you need uh more licensing. So you need to know what uh, is involved in, in that area. Um, pest control, which I did an article on recently, is, is heavily regulated because they use uh, poisonous chemicals. Um, that's not going to, that's not a barrier to entry. Uh, you don't need a master pest controller the way you need a master plumber, but you are going to need uh, probably different trucks, for example. So you need to know what regu- what, how is the trade you're looking to get into regulated? And do you need any licensing? Do you need any special um, you know, equipment or vehicles? That's all going to play a factor. Uh, the other thing to consider is, does this added service actually create work for you at a time when you need more work done? Um, so I did an article on... Um, it was actually the opposite way, but chimney, chimney sweeps, they still call them chimney sweeps, uh, going and adding some uh, HVAC work to, the, to their portfolio. And uh, actually in, I think it's New Jersey, there's, there's actually now some regulation that you have to have some HVAC training uh, for, for some chimney work. And for them it worked because uh, a lot of chimney season is in the fall. Well, that's between the shoulder season for uh, HVAC contractors. It's between the cooling season and the heating season. So that might be something that works out well. Uh, electrical is an obvious one because you're already dealing with electricity. Um, then there are other, you know, there are other things that you can add on 
Um, one thing, one, one area that's interesting, these days I was just talking to some folks who did an article on smart thermostats recently. And we're talking about the whole idea, evolving idea of a smart home ecosystem. And there are ways that contractors can get involved in that. You know, if you go to somebody's home and you install a Nest, uh, to use an example, smart thermostat, that same person might be interested in, in um, installing a ring doorbell at their front door. Well, that's the same basic wiring. You could, you could do that. Your technician could do that. So, you know, it's good to look for opportunities like that where there's a minimum amount of uh, additional uh, training, equipment, and things like that, but they can expand your business into new areas. And then you're becoming that you're becoming not just a that your customer is not just your HVAC customer, that customer is becoming your home customer. And that's, that's sort of what you're looking for. Um, that's the other thing to consider when you're looking at uh, expanding your services is, can you become a one-stop uh, for that person for whatever needs they have? Um, and so that's, you know, what are the opportunities there? That's also something you need to consider. Those are great ideas. And so I love uh, figuring out new ways to like improve um, not only like the amount of services that you can offer a customer, but like the overall satisfaction of your customer because they don't want to hire two different people to do like a Nest yeah. thermostat and their HVAC system. And then I got to call somebody to do the ring doorbell, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, when you become a one-stop shop, not only are you more reliable and you get to make more money, but your customers are happier too. They don't want to have two separate people. They want you to do it and you get to reap the benefits as well. Um, so I want to talk about this actually. In another piece that you wrote this year, uh, you presented millennials as like a, as a, as a budding market, I would say. Oh, yeah. And a lot of HVAC companies are, I don't want to say failing, but but not really taking advantage of. So can you talk about why HVAC contractors should be focusing more on millennials? There's a real, there's a real easy answer to that. Um, if you, the term millennial is often misused and confused with just meaning a young person. Uh, the technical definition of millennial is people, yeah, people like you born between roughly 1980 and somewhere in the late 90s, uh, some people go even go up to 2000 or 2001, but either way, uh, that in that time period, the peak of births for that cohort is in 1987, uh, which is uh, 34 years ago. The average age of a first time home buyer is 34 years old. I'm getting old. <laughs> so that means millennials are now becoming homeowners at a rapid clip. So you want to target to this group because these are going to be your customers and there are a lot of them. These are going to be the customers for pretty much the rest of your career. Um, your existing customers are, you know, moving away or in a lot of markets are probably maybe moving away to warmer climate or, you know, passing on. So this is who you're going to be working for pretty much for the rest of your career. And that's why you need to know how to, to reach them. Um, and that sort of, you know, not everything is gonna work the same for every age group either. Um, 
so you have to figure out how you're going to reach them. You know, one thing is that, for example, Facebook is the, if you want to reach uh, millennials versus via social media, that's the way to go. It's the number one social media, Facebook and, and Instagram for millennials. Um, so that would, you know, that might be where you want to spend more of your advertising dollars and maybe less on, well, definitely less on like newspaper or print, uh, you know, than previous generations. Um, so, but that's not to say that you should necessarily discard all traditional advertising either. Don't just say, well, if I want to reach millennials, I just have to go all online. One thing that was interesting during the pandemic is that people were stuck at home, they were bored, and uh, mail mailers became much more effective because the mail shows up, something to do for 10, 15 minutes, go through the mail, go through that uh, valve pack and and see what's in there. So um, you need to make sure that you're spending correctly to reach this uh, crucial and growing consumer group. You are a smart guy, Ted. And <laughs> for anybody listening to this, who's an HVAC contractor and you're scared of millennials, we're not so bad, I promise. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because uh, like I, I probably in my lifetime have bought, a, I've purchased a newspaper four times and mm -hmm. I've never subscribed to a newspaper. Um, but I know that I'm getting old because I really, really love car magazines and, uh, I don't have a subscription yet, but I'm sure I'm going to end up buying a subscription. My father-in-law has a subscription to motor trend and that's how I know I'm getting old because every time I go over there, I'm like, he gives me my copy because he already <laughs> read it of motor trend. And I sit there for like a half hour with a cup of coffee and I'm reading my magazine and I look forward to it. And I'm like, man, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really getting up there. Uh, but yeah, you're so right is like the way that, that consumers sort of like purchase these days or, or interact with companies is so much different than it used to be. Yeah. You know, back in the day you were, you were a genius if you figured out that if you just changed your name to like AAA plumbing and you ended up first in the yellow pages, you know, that was how you were going to get customers. And now there's a sort of a new genius of marketing. It's, it's the companies out there who are advertising on Instagram and, and Facebook and maybe TikTok. You know, I, I personally, I'm not a big TikTok guy, but it's very popular. Yeah. Um, you, so you'd be remiss not to look into these things because there's just an opportunity for you to service a giant uh, section of the market. Uh, so obviously a big part of being a successful HVAC company is offering a, a great experience for customers. So what, what does the HVAC consumer seem to care about most these days? Well, they care about comfort and that's still number one, you know, all, everything else we've talked about is um, important to them. They care a lot about comfort and they care a lot about um, energy efficiency. You know, that's another thing that's getting to be a, a, an issue with people. Um, it's a way to reduce their bills as much as, you know, they're concerned about the environment, but it's also about, it's double green, right? It's, it's green for the environment and green <laughs> on their like wallets. So uh, 
energy efficiency is is a, is a concern, um, but comfort is still king. That's you know how quickly can you get them from a warm uh, house to a cool house, and uh, you know that 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 remains it. But uh, people also care, you know, like you were talking about, they care about brands, they care about who, they care about whom they're doing business with a lot. So you really need to protect your brand and make sure that you have a good reputation, especially online. Uh, people care a lot about reviews, so you need to keep an eye on those. Um, so those are those are a couple of things that uh, I would say I would say comfort, uh, reputation, and uh, and um, long-term energy savings and co controlling costs are some of their biggest concerns on the residential side. Which I, is gotta, I gotta say, I've loved talking to you because I didn't, obviously, you know, you want to do a good job for your customer. You want to go there right. and make sure that, you know, you're speedy and things work and, you know, you're not there ripping out the wall for like two days unnecessarily. But, uh, you know, I didn't even think of energy efficiency and, and that's something that people might be really focused on, you know, and, and if that's something that you can provide and tell your customer, especially like, Hey, I'm going to do this. It's a lot more energy efficient. It's more cost effective for you. And it's better for the environment. If, if that's truly what people care about, because I know I care about that. If somebody were to tell me that I'd be like, Hey, that sounds great. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me know that too. That's, you know, I feel better about this purchase decision and, and also it's a little lighter on my wallet, which I definitely appreciate. Which is why it's a good idea to keep um, keep up with all the re rebates and, and credits that are available in uh, from utilities and from states and so forth. Uh, so you can present to your customers during the sales process. Well, you know, if you get this, you can get a, a credit for that and the rebate on this and it'll lower your cost, upfront cost and your long-term costs. You're so right. So I just, I recently, uh, I bought a new lawnmower. And while I was there buying a lawnmower, my wife wanted me to buy an electric, uh, like a uh, edge trimmer, weed whacker, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Because she doesn't like my gas powered one. It scares her, but she also wants to trim the lawn. So I, I buy the thing. And while I'm buying it, you know, I wasn't really happy about it. I already have one. And the salesman <laughs> said to me, well, you know, it's, it's a lot better for the environment. And it's also, you get this rebate. So all you have to do is here's a sticker, right? You get a $20 rebate on your, on your, and I was like, wow, that's really great. So I, I felt a little bit better about it. Cause I'm not wasting all this gas with my gas, crazy old, uh, weed whacker. My wife is happy. That's number two. And number three, I get a rebate and I'm, I'm saving the environment a little bit. I don't know if I actually am. Maybe he <laughs> sold me the Brooklyn bridge, but I definitely felt better about my decision. Um, yeah. So you're totally right. Uh, and I, I, I want to finish with this, right? So 2021, we're like halfway through, right? It's the, yeah. uh, it's the 18th of June as this is happening. I hope that's the right today's date because it could yeah, be wrong. Is. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what day it is, man. Uh, so what do you think are like the trends or stories that you're going to be keeping a close eye on here in the second half of 2021? You know, the second half is going to be interesting uh, because um, the question will be, what will people, will the pace of residential work continue? You know, it's really hot right now in a lot of parts of the country. So that's helping business along a lot. Um, consumers are still sitting on a lot of cash. 
that last, there was a, uh, I saw a study recently that last stimulus, round of stimulus checks, a lot of it went right into people's savings accounts. So, you know, it's hot and they have money. So it, it, spending should continue probably through the summer. But what happens after that? You know, cruise lines are opening up again. Uh, airline travel was at its highest point uh, since pre-pandemic last week. Um, are people going to continue investing in their, um, in their home uh, in this, at the same pace that they were before? They're likely to continue to invest because of, as we discussed, this, the shift to work from home and other things from home, but maybe not at the same pace. So are you prepared for things to maybe slow down in the second half uh, for residential contractors? Um, and the flip side of that, if you do any like, like commercial work, there might be a little more of that you know, coming up in the second half as things open up more. Uh, so that's a possibility. But um, you know, you sort of have to keep uh, be prepared that you know the good times are good now. Take advantage of them, but be prepared if things do slow down somewhat in the second half. I, you know, just because probably can't keep this pace up for forever. You heard it here first. HVAC contractors don't buy the Lamborghini with your newfound <laughs> cash. Save some for a rainy day. Get the. Uh, well, I don't know what's cheaper than get get a nice Toyota Camry instead, but also better for the environment, like we're talking about. Uh, but Ted, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Um, a lot of interesting stuff that that we talked about, and I just I really appreciate your time and your insights. They were so valuable, and and uh, it's been great. All right, great. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, for anybody watching, all of Ted's information and his company's information on on how you can find out more. Uh, will be listed in the description and Ted, I'll, I'll, I'll email you to get all that, that anything okay. you want to put in there. Okay, great. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you.